We're so glad you decided to listen to our program today. Our intent is to inform you and to encourage you. This is Are You Listening? with Jeff Archie of International Gospel Hour. In a busy world with lots of distractions, we need to pay closer attention to God. Are you listening to God's Word today? Here's Jeff. Thank you very much, Jay, and greetings, everyone. It is good to have you here on the International Gospel Hour, and once again, we're on the air. Let's begin by asking a question. Are you willing to embrace the wonderful words of life? You know, the old hymn says, Words of Life and Beauty. I'd like for you and I to think about those wonderful words in just a moment. Before we begin our discussion today, I want to say, really do appreciate you listening to us. And we'd like for you to take a moment and go over to our Facebook page at the International Gospel Hour and click like and follow our page. You can keep up with the latest news here on our Facebook page at the International Gospel Hour. Also feel free to follow us on Instagram, and you can also follow us on Twitter at our underscore gospel. This way you can keep up with our latest works. We try to have an encouraging word, scripture, or comments, and this will let you know also when the International Gospel Hour is in your area. Thanks again for listening to us and following us on our social media. And now, for our study, how grateful we are for the wonderful words of life, the Holy Bible. They are words that are truth, according to John 17, verse 17. Jesus said in John 8:32, "Ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free." And that truth that is Christ Jesus, according to John 14:6, when he declared, "I am the way, the truth, and the life." This is the same word that tells us in 2 Corinthians 6 and verse 17 to come out and to be separate from among the world. And following that in 2 Corinthians 7 and verse 1, that we can cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of flesh and spirit. And then as we do so in obedience to the gospel of Christ, according to 1 Peter chapter 2 verses 11 and 12, this is the same word that instructs us how to abstain from evil. This word tells us how to set our affection above, as we learn in Colossians 3 and verse 2, and to present our lives as the gospel of Christ, according to Philippians 1 and verse 27. God's word is sufficient to guide us in all that we need to do, all that we need to know, and all that we need to know on how to live. Let's spend some time looking at the wonderful words of life and the power of its authority. You can count on the Bible, dear friend, because of whence it came. First of all, let's talk about the wonderful words of life and the authority of God. In Isaiah 55:11, through the prophet Isaiah, God said, So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. That brings to mind the passage of 2 Timothy 3 and verse 16 that says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. You see, all Scripture is inspired of God. The word inspiration is a word that means God breathed. So God breathed out, if you will, His Word and wants mankind to know what He expects from them 
and how that he shows his great love to us and his care. When we find the word profitable, that means we're going to gain something from it. I recall my days in the secular working world when I was in the grocery business, and one of the key things we shared with our customers was what was called the ROI, the return on investment. You want to make a profit, that's how people stay in business after all. And we find that God's Word is profitable, which means, folks, when we open it, we study it, we're going to gain something from it. It's profitable for doctrine. If I want to understand the doctrine, if I want to understand proper teaching, I can turn to the Bible and I can learn those things. I realize we're in a world today where people say, well, doctrine really doesn't matter. But another word for doctrine is teaching. And so if we say, or if you will, if we teach doctrine doesn't matter, then in essence we're teaching that teaching doesn't matter. Folks, that really doesn't make any sense, now does it? God's Word is profitable for doctrine, so I want to make certain that I have the sound doctrine that I may learn, as Titus termed it in Titus 2 and verse 1. We also find that all Scripture is profitable for reproof, or as I like to say with the prefix re, re-proof, that we are able to prove it all over again. That we're able to establish and strengthen our depth of faith through the Word of God. For Romans 10:17 teaches that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. I can prove it all over again, if you will. How about it's profitable for correction? You see, the Word of God can correct my life. When I see God's great love in sending Jesus to die for me, according to John 3:16, and I can see the circumstance of life that I was once in as we all were, sinners and enemies, and ungodly, according to Romans 5, 6 through 10, I find that God was right there with the answer. And so when my life is corrected by God, I see of what I need to avoid. Folks, I have to admit, there have been many times where I have grown in my life through a statement of correction more than statements of encouragement, because you're able to see what you need to work on. And you see, right after correction... Then we see the Scripture, the Word of God, is profitable for instruction in righteousness. You see, what I correct, now I'm able to be instructed in righteousness and to see the route that I need to go. Now, folks, you think about it. There's no other book in the world that can accomplish such a spiritually driven, divine-given plea than the Bible, the Word of God. It's the authority of God. But let's think more of those wonderful words of life, and let's look at the authority of God and the authority of which He gave to the Son. How about Matthew 17, verse 5? When Jesus was on the Mount of Transfiguration with Peter, James, and John, He was transfigured before them, talking to Moses and Elijah. When it was done, Peter offered to build three tabernacles, one for Christ, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. But then he heard a voice out of the cloud which said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. I want you to listen to what my Son has to say. Therefore God gave authority to the Son. In John 12 and verse 48, Jesus said, 
He that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words hath one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. Now listen to the remainder of this text. Jesus said, For I have not spoken of myself, but the Father which sent me. He gave me a commandment, what I should say and what I should speak, and I know that his commandment is life everlasting. Now listen to verse 50. Whatsoever I speak, therefore, even as the Father said unto me, so I speak. And before Jesus ascended into heaven, in Matthew twenty-eight eighteen, what did he say? All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. That power was given unto Christ? Listen to Ephesians 1, beginning with verse 22. Speaking of God and what he granted to Christ. And hath put all things under his feet, and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. The authority of God, those wonderful words of life, were passed to the Son, His authority to teach and to instruct. Thirdly, let's talk about the wonderful words of life, and let's talk about the authority to the Spirit. In John 14 and verse 26, and John 15 and verse 26, and John 16 and verse 13, These are scriptures that in a conversation in that time that Jesus was having with his apostles. And I want you to listen to these verses, and I'll back up and go one at a time, and see about the Spirit, or the Comforter, or also known as the Helper. Listen to John 14, verse 26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. We must remember that Jesus, in teaching his apostles, told them many things, but he said there are some things that you would not be able to bear. But in John 14, 26, we find the word helper. Older translations, the beloved King James Version that I like, calls it the comforter. The word comforter means one that comes alongside of. I'm sure there have been moments in your life where you've lost a loved one or you are comforting somebody who has lost a loved one. And one of the ways that we do that is to come alongside of them, put our arm around them, come alongside of them, maybe take their hands and try to express a mode of comfort with words and simply being there. You know, it's often said that a person can't remember everything said to them during a time of grief when you're comforting them, but they do remember you were there. So as a comforter, one that comes alongside of, we're there to help and to guide us through those moments that we need someone. Well, that same idea is the word comforter or helper. The Holy Spirit would come to them, would come to the apostles, The Father sent him in in the name of Christ. He would teach and bring to remembrance. So, in other words, what the Spirit would do would be of the authority of God and the authority of Christ. Let's build on this with John 15, 26, that Jesus said, But when the Helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. You see, the Spirit is not going to do something. 
that God and Christ have not given authority. They all three commonly called the Godhead. Some call it the Trinity. Tri, T-R-I means three, Trinity, but the Godhead meaning God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. They were all there in creation in Genesis 1. And while each of them have their own responsibility in conveying the truth to man, three separate entities, but they work as one. How beautiful it is that blends together and assures us of the authority of the very book of which we are discussing. We now go to John 16:13 that says, However, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. I think of the words of a dear preacher friend by the name of Robert R. Taylor, who in his teaching, What Does the Bible Say About the Holy Spirit?, he brought forth an interesting observation that the Holy Spirit is a conveyor of truth, not a creator of truth. I think about a conveyor line that brings the product down to be packaged. The Holy Spirit is not a creator of truth, but a conveyor of truth, bringing forth what the Father and the Son ask to bring forth and commands. Listen to Peter's words in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 19-21. through 21. How do we know the very book that we have is guided by the Spirit, and these men are not simply writing their own interpretation? Allow Peter to answer that. Peter says, We have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto you do well that you take heed, as unto a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. They were moved and they were inspired of God to write down those words. That we find once again in Second Timothy 3.16, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. The wonderful words of life, through the authority of God, through the authority to the Son, and the authority to the Spirit. Let's pause for a moment. Have we got you thinking about those wonderful words of life? Maybe by chance you're looking at the Bible or you're listening to this lesson and you're thinking, you know, I need to know more about God's Word. I need to grow in that teaching. I need more instruction in righteousness, and I do need to correct some things in my life. Dear friends, let me share with you what we have. We have a very simple Bible study course that we mail out absolutely free. There's no denominational bias or man-made doctrine within. It is actually a 30-part study course that takes its time. You can take the first lesson, work on it, and you can stop at any time or aim to conclude. You can take a study each week, and you can spend time in a study of the Word of God. We offer this absolutely free. We'd like for you to give it a try. Here's all you've got to do. Call us at 1-855-IGH-6988. That's our toll-free number. That's 1-855-IGH-6988. 
And when you call, just leave your name and address and say, I'd like the Bible course by mail. That's all you've got to say. That's one eight five five four 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 six nine eight eight, and your free Bible course will come your way. If you'd like to go to our webpage at internationalgospelhour.com, you can contact us, fill out the information, and request the Bible study that way as well. But if you're near a phone and you want to call, one eight five five igh 6988 Leave us your name and address, and we will send you your free Bible correspondence course. We're thankful for your interest in the wonderful words of life, the Holy Bible. And we'd love to send that to you absolutely free. And now, let's conclude our study for the day. The wonderful words of life. We see that authority of God. We see that authority to the Son. We see that authority to the Spirit. And now we come to the wonderful words of life where the authority was granted to the apostles. Once again, a very quick reminder of passages we just studied that these passages were taught and directed to those apostles of whom Jesus was with. The context of John 14 through 16 actually goes back into John 13 to where we find Jesus with his apostles. It is sad that by this point Judas has left, and Judas is not with them. And so there are the eleven that remain, those eleven to whom Jesus spoke to in Acts the first chapter. So here we go. Once again, think about John 14, 15, and 16. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. That's Jesus speaking to the apostles. The Spirit would come upon them. In John fifteen twenty six, Jesus said, But when the Helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. In John sixteen thirteen, However, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. We find this quite similar in Acts the first chapter when Jesus, before he ascends into heaven, he has spent forty days appearing to his apostles and instructing them. Before he ascends, he tells them to return back to Jerusalem and that they would be endued with power from on high. And in Acts chapter 2, when the day of Pentecost was come, they, the apostles, were with one accord in one place. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. The Spirit came upon the apostles, and in turn they preached and taught the word of God. So the authority was granted to the apostles. Authority from God, through the Son, through the Spirit, to these apostles who would go out and preach. Listen to John 17 and verse 8. When Jesus, after he had spoken to his apostles, he was praying, and he said to the Father, For I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me, and they have received them, and have known surely that I came out from thee, and they have believed that thou didst send me. To the Father, he said, They know that I came from you, Father. And then Jesus had told them the Spirit would guide them, and they had the words that Jesus gave them. The apostles were ready when the Spirit came upon them to preach and to teach. 
on the day of Pentecost, you find the boldness of Peter, one who had denied the Lord earlier. You find the other apostles there who had forsaken Christ from the garden and fled. They came forth, and they preached the gospel as Jesus commanded them to do so. Why, in Acts 4 and verse 20, Peter and John, before the rulers there, said, For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. And even Paul, in years later, one who was called, born out of due time. In 1 Corinthians 14:37, Paul said, The things that I write unto you are the commandments of the Lord. Dear friends, we have the wonderful words of life. The authority was granted to the apostles, and they were able to preach and teach what God and Christ and the Spirit directed them to speak, nothing more, nothing less. How beautiful it is. Now we come to our next thought, the wonderful words of life, the authority of the book, the Bible. Once again, 2 Timothy three sixteen and 17. All Scripture, that's A-double-L, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 3 affirms that God has given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Dear friends, all we need for our authority is the Bible and the Bible alone to see God's will for our lives and what we are to do. We are reminded once again of John 12, verse 48, that he that rejects me and receives not my words, Jesus said, hath one that judge him, the same will judge him in the last day. Folks, I want to know the word of God. I want to know God's will for my life, because I'm going to give an answer one day. The authority of the wonderful words of life, the Holy Bible, tells us how we originated, and folks, it tells us how to be educated. You know, I think of such passages as Psalm 119 and verse 130 that says, The entrance of thy words giveth light, it giveth understanding unto the simple. Folks, anyone can understand the Bible. I've had people say, well, it's very difficult to understand. Not if you put forth the effort and try. If you take away the names of individuals of the Bible, studies have shown that the average length of a word in the Bible is five letters long. It has been said that the Bible is written on an education of possibly the higher elementary years. That is very easy for a person to understand the Holy Bible that all it takes is some effort and to put forth. Folks, when you think about it, we can understand anything that we want to understand. There are a lot of things that I just do not have an interest in, and if somebody tries to explain it to me, well, I'm not going to grasp it. But there are individuals who can go in depth in many ways and many things that I simply cannot. It is amazing to me how people can take and work with algebra and geometry and come out with the answers. Folks, I have to admit, I'm a little less in that department. But if I changed my attitude toward it, and I desired that's what I wanted to do, then I could do so. Well, folks, sometimes it just simply takes a change of attitude and approach with the Bible. God has made it easy for us to understand it. Let's just pursue it. Listen to 1 Thessalonians 2.13 that says, For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God which you heard of us, 
you received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God. Now listen, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. God's word is vibrant. God's word is alive. God's word is exciting. Hebrews 4 and verse 12, it's sharp and quick or sharper than any two-edged sword. It's a powerful word. And you know, when we think about the Word of God, listen to how important it is to understand and to embrace the Word of God. In Matthew seven twenty-one, Jesus said, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Did you catch that? We do the will of the Father. The Father from whom all authority has come through the Son, through the Spirit, through the Apostles, and we have it written down in the Word of God. How grateful we are for this. How grateful that we are we have a source in which to go to. And that is the Holy Bible. And that's why Paul said in Ephesians 5.17, Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Dear friends, we can understand God's will for our lives. And we're able to understand what he has to say. The wonderful words of life. It's sure authority. To where Paul could say in Galatians 6 and verse 16, And as many as walk according to this rule, peace be on them, and mercy, and upon the Israel of God. Peace and mercy when we walk according to that rule. I want to pause here and thank a very special friend by the name of James Jones, who shared some years ago this outline with me in a Bible study and shared it with me to use with others. And I hope it's been profitable to you today. It's one of the best studies I've ever engaged in authority, full of Scripture and full of guidance. And dear friends, may I in turn share that with you. And let us here at the International Gospel Hour help you in the direction you wish to go, and that is a study of the Word of God. Reach out to us, let us hear from you, and we will help you every way possible with Bible study material or whatever you may request. Thanks for joining me today on the International Gospel Hour. I'm Jeff Archie, and dear friends, keep listening. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. We hope first that it glorified God. But second, we hope that it edified you. Listen to it again if you need to, or to other lessons in this series by going to the Media tab at our site, internationalgospelhour.com.